Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. So excited to continue in this series on the Lord's Prayer. I said I wasn't sure, but I definitely wanted to finish out a couple more talks on a couple verses. And I hope you've enjoyed these last two. I was re-listening to the Abba one, and that has continued to be a powerful experience for me of saying, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Anyway, I hope that blessed you and last week's as well. And so anyway, today what I want to do is I want to pick up on the line, give us today our daily bread. In Luke's version, it says, give us each day our daily bread. And I don't know if for you, there is a sense where isn't this a little redundant? Give us today our daily bread. So the primary petition is give us our bread. So before I look at that, I want to at least deal with those two words, today and daily. Today, in fact, means just that. It means today. I think this petition in and of itself and the sense of give us today our bread is the fact that it keeps us in a place of humility, a place of dependency, and a place of recognizing that each day it's the Lord who ultimately is our provision, the one who provides for our physical needs, our material needs, as he goes on to say just a little bit further, and he does that passage of the birds and the grass of the field and the value that they have, and so don't worry. But we say, give us today our daily bread. It was really interesting in reading the commentaries, and actually last night, Robin and I had quite a bit of a discussion how difficult sometimes this statement is for us in America In an affluent culture where so many of us as Christians in America, we don't really need to pray this sentence because we know where our bread's coming from. Our fridge is full of food. Our freezer's full of food. We have money to go get food. We rarely, for many of us, think about, am I going to eat today? Or friends, I think even as we're saying this petition to the Lord, even if it doesn't quite apply to us in the same way, that it might be a reminder, even in the way that fasting has been over my life. I think somewhere along the line I've mentioned how the Lord encouraged me about fasting as a a reminder of those who are without food, without clothing, shelter, health, freedom, that when we are feeling our stomachs ache and hunger, that it reminds us that there are those who are out there feeling certain kinds of pain, certain kinds of loss, and that when we fast, it would remind us of them, who, without our love, without our help, without our prayer, they will not find relief. They will not find what they need. They will not find the clothing, the shelter, the food, the health, the freedom that they need. And that, of course, is coming out of the end part of Matthew about the sheep and the goats. Give us today our bread. It's not a petition that most of us genuinely need to pray. So again, I just wanted to remind us that as we pray this, it may not mean so much for us, but it may especially mean to remind us of those for whom this is a genuine prayer, a sincere prayer, a prayer out of a felt need, a felt experience. This word daily... (laughs) It was amazing how much stuff in the commentaries where so many folks are really not sure. The scholars are just not sure what it means. But I tended to agree and land on this one idea that one of the guys, they all said it, but I think this guy, his wording was best where it meant probably the simplest thing is that it's our bread for this day 
or for tomorrow, as well as for tomorrow, where the idea was that he seemed to make a good case where if you prayed this petition first thing in the morning, when you say, give us today, it's give us today our bread for this day, all that we need for this day. And then he made a point that if you pray it at the end of the day, you're asking for, Lord, give us today the bread we also need for tomorrow. Kind of, he brought up the thing about the manna where they only were allowed to get enough for each day. And then on the Sabbath, though, they gathered enough for the following day. The point is, is that in the day, we have needs. And the prayer is essentially saying, Lord, we need today what we need, all that we need to sustain us, to take care of us. And perhaps again, that it would even spill in tomorrow. It's really that simple. Give us today our daily bread. Well, what I felt led to just want to focus on, and I've sort of alluded to it already, this passage reminded me of Deuteronomy chapter 8, where after, this is Deuteronomy, remember they have already gone through the wilderness, Moses is addressing them a final time, and he's like summarizing everything in the book of Deuteronomy before they're going to go into the promised land. And so as he's reminding them, he says to them, Deuteronomy 8.3, For remember, the Lord humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna. The Lord humbled you. Again, I think that's why this petition is important, is because it humbles us. It reminds us that we cannot ultimately take care of ourselves. That, again, even in terms of food, we may be able to plant, but God provides the sun. God provides the rain. God provides the nutrients in the soil, we may be able to help with that a little bit. But ultimately, our food comes from the Lord. And so Moses says, He fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man, people, do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That what we ultimately rely on is God's word. It's what comes from the mouth of the Lord, it means that you trust him, you trust his promises, you trust his goodness, you trust his faithfulness, you trust that he is who he is, and that he will do what he says that he will do. And the amazing thing, you know, on the one hand, as difficult as perhaps the wilderness was, but God provided for them every single day. I love it. I think it's in Joshua 3, where there's this moment right before they cross over, And there's the sentence that says, and then the manna stopped. Crazy, right? And then the manna stopped. Reminding us that every single day, God gave them what they needed that day for the day. And on one day into the next day, he did that for them every single day so that they would recognize where they couldn't do anything for themselves, God took care of them. And remember, he didn't let their sandals wear out. He didn't let their clothing wear out. I mean, he took care of them. Robin and I had a situation like that when I first started First Love Ministries. My first year out, 2007, I still needed to have $5,000 a month, and I was just getting started. And A couple of those months, I only had one weekend, and I was just starting to do weekends. I didn't even know how to do them quite yet, whatever. By the end of that year, God took care of us every single month. The first month, I'm literally 
sitting in my chair. It's January 31 going, Lord, I only had one weekend. It brought in $1,000. And what are we going to do? Crazy thing. I was meditating on that verse in Romans 8 when he said, Mark, if I am for you, who can be against you? Me who did not spare my own son for you, but gave him up for you. How will I not also along with him graciously give you all things? And I was meditating on the word spare. And the two thoughts I had in terms of spare was hearing somebody say, you know, take my life, just spare my wife or spare my children. And then the other one is that we spared no expense, you know, that somebody went all out. And in that sense, that verse, spare, can mean both things. That he says, look, I didn't say to the devil, well, just spare Jesus. You know, you can have everybody else and do whatever you want, but don't touch Jesus. Just spare my son. No, he said, I didn't even spare my son. And then he says, how will I not also along with him graciously give you all things? In that sense, he spared no expense that he's not withholding. He's not holding back anything. He wants to give you everything. Well, the wild thing was that very day in the mail, I got a letter from a friend who I'd only met three months before. They were in transition from another church. They had sent me twice a check for $200. So the check comes and I I open it up. I'm expecting to see another check for $200. And the check was for $4,500. I called them up to ask if maybe somebody wrote the check wrong, if it was supposed to be $450. And they said, no, it was our business tithe. And since we're not in a church right now, we felt led to give the whole thing to you. It blew me away, Robin away, the kids away. And for the sake of the podcast, I don't have time to walk through them all. But I got to tell you just this other one. It was in July is the only month I didn't get $5,000. And by then the kids are going, Daddy, how did the Lord do it this month? Because every month was some crazy story like that. Well, because it was summer, our fuel bill was paid up, our insurance was paid up. So we didn't need that money in the same way. In October, I went and did a teeny little church, and the pastor said, Mark, most of the folks are elderly, and there's not really much money. And I said, we're not in it for the money. I'll be happy to come. And sure enough, it was only four or $500. But three days later, I get a letter. I could see it's from that church. I open it up, and out drops a check for $5,000. And in the letter, they said, Mark, I told you we didn't have money But some of these elderly folks leave money to the church, and we as a committee are able to distribute as we feel led to do so. And we were praying about you, and we so appreciated what you did. We felt led to send you this amount. But he had no idea that it was $5,000 that I needed each month. By 2008, I went on staff at this church for the next few years, and there was a sense in which it was nice. It was secure. I wasn't praying, give us today (laughs) the bread we need. That whole year, we were praying that prayer sincerely every day. And we watched miraculously God take care of us. And even when I was let go from the church there after three years and our severance ran out, I think I've probably shared this before, but for the next two years where, again, I still needed around $5,000 a month, people started giving totally voluntarily without asking a single one. And for two solid years— from money coming from all over the place, I still, from First Love's bank account, I got paid $5,000. And we never missed a bill, never missed a payment. Folks, we lived that way. Give us today the bread, the money, the stuff we need for today. The stuff to get us through this day, Lord, and maybe even into tomorrow. 
it was an amazing season to live. And, and yet now here, we were talking last night that it's true. We're, our fridge is full, our freezer's full. We know there's a check coming regularly that it's not easy to pray this prayer meaningfully. And here's the wild thing is the rest of that Deuteronomy text. The Lord says, you know, I did this so that you would remember where this all comes from and that you can trust me and what I say and what I promise. I will love you and take care of you. Because then Moses continues. He says, at some point you're going to cross over and he says, when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He, He who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms His covenant, which He swore to your ancestors, as it is today. Folks, I'm primarily speaking to those of us who live in an affluent country. I think we need to hear this passage again. And as we say the Lord's Prayer, to think, not fly through it, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, you know, we fly right through it. I pray that God would help us slow down. And when we get to this petition, we would think about those for whom this is real. This is a real petition for them because they don't know where it's going to come from. And I pray that we would ask the Lord to just humble us and remind us that he is the one who gives us the ability to produce wealth. It's him who has provided all of this for us. And especially that we would be generous with it. In fact, in Psalm 104, 14, 15, and 27, 28, the psalmist says, He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time, and when you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. It all comes from him, and he is faithful, and he is good. Now, the other thing, though, we also have to keep in mind that we are in this time between the times where the kingdom is both already present and not yet. So you have this moment where Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And I'm able to do this. I'm able to be content in this situation, he says, through Jesus who gives me strength. Just a reminder, folks, that there are times we may go without. But remember, Paul says that we face death all day long, that we're sheep to be slaughtered, that In fact, in the same letter in Philippians, he says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Don't think that God's being unfaithful if there are times when it seems that that need didn't get met that day. Instead, recognizing that we are willing to spend our lives and our stuff and that God is still good and he's still faithful and trust that he's working something good in us working something for our growth, working something somehow, some way, and that we would remain content and at peace. 
even when we have maybe some days where it seems like we didn't get what we needed. Well, my heart's hope and desire in focusing on this was simply just to remind us that this petition is so easy for us to fly through and not sincerely pray it. I just pray that if you get a chance, maybe over this week, you would really just hang out on this one and just hear the Lord's promise. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet I, your heavenly Father, feed them. And are you not much more valuable than they? Let's remember, say, Lord, humble my heart. Remind me that I depend on you, that it all comes from you. Keep me forever grateful. And also help me to be generous. And perhaps, Lord, even some days to deliberately go without my daily bread, to fast so that I can remember those who are without and uncomfortable, those who are without their daily needs being met. And how can I make a difference in their lives? So, Father, to that end, we just ask you, help us to engage in this petition in a fresh way. And I just pray that these things that I've shared would just percolate that, but to make that petition meaningful as we pray it to you, Lord. We love you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great day. God bless.